coming to you from thefightsite.com. It's the best damn jujitsu podcast ever. Say os again. Os. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of the Say Os Again podcast. Os! Once again, this is your host, Matt, joined today by the one and always, uh, Tom Elliott. How are you doing, Tom? Doing very well, Matt. Thank you. And once again, joined by Ben Cohn, 0-1 at IBJJF uh, in the past five years. Uh, how are you today, Ben? Uh, all right. <laughs> I'm going to kill you. Well, too bad you're too injured, too. Uh, so I'm going to be fine <laughs> for the next two years. But uh, today we got a great podcast. It is the best week in grappling. Uh, it's an event that only happens every two years. But this time, it's been three years since the pandemic. We're going to talk about the ADCC event for 2022. Uh, it's the first to last event was the one I uh, fell in love with jiu-jitsu with. Uh, Tom and I are actually lucky enough to go. So... Uh, Send your prayers to Tom as he has to babysit me uh, for the next three days. We should set like over unders on there of like dumb stuff I'm going to wind up doing in Vegas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so today on the podcast, what we're going to do is go through the competitors in each division. Uh, I'll do the rundown on that, and then Tom and Ben will have some input. Then we'll talk about probably the biggest match in jiu-jitsu history, or probably I would maybe the second biggest. We can debate on that uh, between Gordon Ryan and Andre Galval for the ADCC Superfight title. And at the end of the podcast, we're going to talk a little bit about the late great Leandro Lowe. Um, after the uh, past month, uh, I think it's very uh, very important we speak about just him as a person, his legacy, uh, and everything he's done for jiu-jitsu. Uh, but let's start on a lighter note and talk about ADCC. So first up, we're going to talk about the ADCC 66th division, probably the most exciting division in the sport. Uh, the competitors we have, notable ones, we have Cole Abate, who is a 18-year-old, no, sorry, 17-year-old, the prodigy of Hafa Mendez, who won the first North American trials. We have the boys from Manaus, Diego Heiss and Fabricio Andre. Uh, Diego won the first and Fabricio won the second. They're both training partners of Mika Galval, but they're much more than that. Uh, maybe we'll get into their uh, training style a bit later. Uh, Kennedy Massiel, the son of Cobrinha Jr., who came in second place uh, the previous edition. Gio Martinez, the ever-dangerous 10th Planet Black Belt. Diego Pato, representing DreamArt and Unity, uh, was probably the heavy favorite going to the Brazilian trials, but was upset by Diego Heiss. Uh, and then at the end, we have Juan Alvarenga, my personal favorite, Marcelo Garcia uh, athlete. Ben probably trained with him a little bit. Uh, oh, yeah. And once again, uh, Gary Tonin actually dropped from 77 kilograms uh, to 66. Uh, so do you guys have any thoughts on any of those competitors? You know, in my mind, this is just about the most wide open division. Um, you know, I, I think uh, 
the three-year break, and especially the break that some of these guys have had from competition, makes it really hard to assess what's gonna what's gonna happen. You know, on paper, at least at first glance for me, my thought is like, well, um, you know, Kennedy's prob I, I would have originally thought would be the favorite most years. He was the runner-up um, last time the tournament took place. Very credentialed guy, but the lack of competition seems to have hurt him a little bit. Uh, you know, he lost in the first round of the Pans and the Worlds in the Gi. I mean, so who knows? You know, you've got guys like Krellenston who, yeah, great pedigree. He's done well um, at a lower level, but never really bust through to uh, to the top level. Um, you know, same goes for a lot of the uh, a couple of the Tenth Planet guys who are in here. You know, they're they're good on kind of the circuit that they attend and the the pro matches that they do, but not not well-known tournament competitors and uh, guys who have typically faltered when they stepped up against the absolute best in the sport. So, yeah, I mean, for me, I really do not know how to call this one. Um, and then you look at people like Alvarenga, just rising stars, uh, you know, very young in their careers, extremely hard to predict how much growth they're going to show from tournament to tournament. This could really be the first time that a purple belt wins like a purple belt without you know wrestling. an olympic wrestling pedigree or whatnot you know comes in and and wins or you know at least medals so yeah this division i, I cannot wait to see what occurs because i have no idea yeah i would uh i actually want to add one thing so uh, for those who don't know the rule set with adcc is if you are a teammate of any other competitor in your division you have to face off before the second round um and that's actually huge this year especially in this division um my favorite uh since uh 2019 ended was uh juan alvarenga who even though he lost in the second round uh 2019 it was because he faced kenny maciel because they're both alliance teammates uh he was actually dominating most of the match uh, dominating the wrestling exchanges took kennedy's back uh and was beaten by a last minute submission which was kennedy's way of winning um i think he'd be tied that way he'd be um alvarenga that way um, but that was Alvarenga at a purple belt, given three years. Uh, I think he's got to be one of the favorites. But also, uh, you think about it like this, 10th Planet guys, you have Keith Krikorian and Gio Martinez who are going to face off early. Kennedy and Juan are going to have to face off, who I would say are the two favorites going into the tournament. Um, despite uh, Kennedy's falterings of late, he still has great wins over uh, Josh Cisneros. Uh, the biggest match that I'm really looking forward to, uh, Diego Heiss versus Fabricio Andre. Uh, I, I don't know if everyone knows, but I'm a huge fan of Melky Galvao's squad, um, even though they were at Fight Sports. Uh, I've heard some stories about why they don't like Fight Sports, but um, those two guys are absolute animals, and they faced off. They're going to have to face off early. Uh, Fabricio, I think, went eight of nine submissions in the first North Amer uh, first South American trials uh, before Diego was able to stop him, uh, Baby Shark. And those guys are going to face off in the second round. Um, AJ Agazarum, who gives a shit? Uh, I just want to get that in there. But you just got to think, these guys are all going to have to face each other early. And it's that's going to be a theme throughout uh, the whole breakdown, um, especially yeah, with autos. Uh, but for me, I think it's I think it's going to come down to the winner of the fight sports match versus the winner of the alliance match, which is uh, Kennedy, Juan, so, um, Heist, and Andre. So I just want to talk about Juan um, from the personal perspective. So, yes, I have trained with him. It is unreal rolling with him just it, it is it is incredible um 
I'll talk about that in a minute, but I just want to talk about the prep work that I know Huan has been doing. One, he's been doing a ton of work on his wrestling, specifically his wrestling, um, out at Hoboken. So he has been making a focus, along with Mateus, by the way. They both can go out there to really, really work on their wrestling. Uh, yeah, don't worry, we're going to jerk the fuck out of them. <laughs> Let's go. I love how um, we're going to about 88 and it's just 66. Oh, let me get him Mateus. No, we're not talking about 88. I, I am saying you that. You have to get him in the media. It's, it's important. No, I'm saying he also is a, you know, he is the one-to-one training partner with a ADCC winner and someone who's larger than him. So, and it's crazy explosive and can, probably, and can hang with him speed-wise alone. That's the craziest part. So, he has such a unique um, bunch of tools to prepare from 2019 to 2022. That's something that is, like, I'm not sure, like people know what to expect he is incredible the speed alone is crazy but the fact that he is quite literally perfect when he is passing it is it is impossible to recover your guard against him it is almost impossible i tried my hardest and it was like i could not keep up i could not keep up it was one of the most insane things. Trying to hold off against his guillotines was like, it, it, despite the fact that I probably outweigh him by a good 30 pounds, uh, is, is wild. So, yeah, I cannot imagine how he's not going to win this, honestly. Yeah. It would have to be something absolutely insane for me to say. He I, I think this. he's going to be one of the guys that nobody talks about. Um, I uh, Quite literally, uh, you can ask uh, Nogi Andrew on Twitter. Since 2019, I've been saying he's going to win. Uh, but I don't want to forget mm-hmm. the forgotten man, Diego Pato. Uh, he's won Europeans this year, the EUG tournament, um, the flow grappling, who's number one, Nogi, world's Nogi. Um, he lost to Diego by point in uh, ADCC South American trials, um, but allegedly, um, and I can somewhat confirm he was somewhat injured for that. Um, and the advantage he has is he's not going to have to go through those guys early um, just because uh, the Alliance guys and the um, for, uh, Melky Galvaus are going to face each other. But don't forget about Colabate. Uh, perfect run through the ADCC trials. We've seen young guys do it before. Um, Tommy, what do you think? Do you watch any of them? Just because I know he's AOJ and you're a fan of theirs. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Um, I've watched a couple of his matches. Um, you know, look, Nogi is a... So ADCC is interesting because wrestling matters. And that's typically a skill set that a lot of these younger guys develop later as they mature into black uh, into their, their black belts. But at the same time, it's to an extent a leg game, but more than anything else, it's a back-taking game. And it's always been a back-taking game in ADCC. And Abate is ridiculous at finding his way to people's backs. Um, and I could absolutely see him surprising some guys from the feet going straight to the back and, and finishing. Um, yeah, I mean, he, he's, he's really lethal and, uh, it's always very hard for me to doubt AOJ because I appreciate the system that they have in place so much. They're so good at raising up talent quickly, um, and getting folks, getting talented people to a high level very quickly. Um, I absolutely think he could upset some people. And, you know, look, you you mentioned it, and you just can't get away from the fact that the the seeding being based partially on having teammates meet early just makes it so much easier for the guys who are not from one of those teams because – they're they're gonna get eliminated, right? Like they're they're gonna have two of the hardest matchups 
already taken out in the second round uh, by their own teammates. Just so, you know, I, I think that just uh, benefits those guys so much. Um, the guys like Abate. So, uh, yeah, I, really, uh, really excited to see what he does. I am curious uh, what you guys think about uh, if Tonin will make any noise, because my personal sense is probably not uh, because he has been more focused on MMA. And also because I think, frankly, his style is just too loose um, to to metal. You know, he can he'll look amazing against lower level guys. And he's certainly competitive uh, against the top guys because he's excellent grappler. Um, but I don't think he's a serious contender as exciting as he is and as much history as he has at ADCC. What do you all think? I, I completely agree. Um, for me, it's not even about the MMA portion of it. Sure. Uh, I just look at the style of the guys he's going to be facing. Gary, uh, Gary is a great scrambler and is a great athlete, especially for 77. But the speed advantage that he has usually um, is yeah. not going to be there at 66. Um, because of not only the division, but I think the weight cut is going to absolutely kill him. He's yeah. not a 66 athlete. He is 77. He eats like garbage. If you've seen any of his training, um, plus it's it's Gary's been around for instance. He fought yeah, Cron, he fought Cron Gracie at two that in 2011, I believe. Yeah. Um, Got some miles. Vision. It's Polabate 17. Diego Heiss uh, 19. Um, <clears throat> Fabricio Andre 21. Uh, a lot of guys, I think, have better wrestling. Gary's a good wrestler, but um, I, I can't emphasize how much of a fan I am of Melky Yaval's team. Um, yeah. Them, like B-team, has been really focused on those duck-unders. If you watch any any match of theirs, they're going for those duck-unders to the back. And as you said before, with the back-taking game at ADCC and what that is, uh, previously Andre, huge throws um, at the last who's number one. Um, I don't think he can match up physically with Alvarenga. Um I, I will he win a match? I think if he gets matched up with maybe Cisneros, no disrespect to him, or McNally, or Ashley Williams, or fucking AJ Agazarm, yeah. But um, I, I think it's going to be a rude awakening um, for uh, for Gary at the event. I wouldn't be shocked if they did match him up with somebody who they thought he could beat. Yeah, to, to that to the next round. I think they'll make sure not to match him up with someone really really good. Yeah. Well, who knows about the seating just because I don't know how they're going to do because you have two 10th Planet guys, you have uh, two Alliance guys, two um, two Fight Sports guys. But uh, do you guys want to make any uh, predictions? Two TDS guys too, right? I mean, isn't, aren't Tonin and Krellinston both representing yeah. this? Oh, yeah, he might have, yeah. No, Krellinston is going to have to. the B team, I think. I'm not but sure. it's still, still the same gym. Is it, will they not? I, don't, I have no I don't idea. think so. With all the drama, Gordon, I, I don't know. And I honestly, um, I'm going to be completely transparent. I'm rooting against every B team. And, uh, and <laughs> this event, um, do you guys want to give a quick prediction just so we can get to 77? Or who, who yeah, you rooting for, or your predictions? Ben, I know you're going to say. I mean, Alvarenga. Yeah, what am I supposed to say? Like my teammates. Yeah. <laughs> like, obviously. I, 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 I got to go with first place. I think that's as good a bet as any. You know, I'll say uh, little, little Cobrinha. I'll say Kennedy. I think he comes back. So I've been picking Alvaranga for three years. Um, <laughs> as I, but I really love the Melky Galval uh, kids. If and, you uh, fucking back out, you fucking no, pussy. I swear to God. I think it's either Alvaranga or, um, or Diego Heiss. But moving on to 77, um, 
the other probably best division. I would say probably the most competitive division. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, some late breaking news today. Davi Hamos is out of the 77 division. He is dropping out and a uh, Polish grappler. Uh, forgive the unprofessionalism. I just got back from training. Uh, will take his place. Even though Jefferson Guarasi probably is the third or fourth best grappler in this division um, if he was in the uh, running. But uh, thank you, Mo, for that. Um, the guys we have at this division, the three-time champion. No, two, is it two-time or three-time? Uh, two-time. Two-time. two-time champion, JT Torres. We have Oliver Taza, the leg lock expert. Tommy Langacker, um, mostly a gi guy, but ran through the European trials. Cade Rutolo, um, one of the Rutolo brothers, outstanding Atto scrappler. William Tackett, uh, very famous, fights everybody. Uh, Mika Galval. Uh, Tommy's probably favorite grappler right now. Man. Uh, Roberto Jimenez is in this division. Of course, Lachlan Giles, the Cinderella story of last ADCC. Uh, Hanato Canuto, one of the best grapplers in the game, finest, who also was dominated by Jefferson Guarasi. Dante Leon uh, came in fourth place last year, superb wrestler. PJ Barch, um, one of the uh, one of the two 10th planet standouts. Majit Hodge, who uh, really did well in the trials this year. And of course, Nikki Ryan, the only tolerable member of the uh, Ryan family. Um, so I think the most impressive first round or second round matchup of the, actually it's tied with another matchup we'll get to later. Cade Rutolo is going to have to fight JT Torres. Almost <laughs> new school, old school. Um, how do you guys see that going? Oh, man. You know, I, I just haven't seen Torres be active. He opened his school. He's been teaching a lot more. That's certainly not always the death knell for a competitor. We've seen a lot of guys compete well after they have opened their own academies. As but, I say, the last tournament he did, he did a no-gi IBGF last, uh, I think, three or four months ago. He won his division and beat the winner of the South American North American Trials at 99 by 20 points for ADCC. Wow. Well, let me so, let me look up his his most recent record then, uh, yeah. because I thought he had been pretty inactive. On he the- had been. That was the first match he had in two years. But uh, okay, he beat the crap out of him. Okay. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. In my opinion, about that match, as much as I love Cade, uh, I am not betting against JT Torres. He is absolutely perfect for ADCC. How can we- you how can you bet against him? It's imp- like there's there's no ex- you can't. It, I, well, <laughs> until he loses, until he loses, no, <laughs> you can't. I think there's one guy who I'm, I think the finals, I think everyone knows what we want to see. And that's Mika Galval versus JT Torres. And as much as I'd love to talk about everyone in this division, because I think you're going to see the best individual matchups. Um, as much as I love 66, 77 is a much more wrestling heavy oh, oh, division. Yeah. Um Matches up like Roberto Jimenez versus uh, Cade Rutolo was the match of the year last time. Nikki Ryan's wrestling. Um, the last match we saw him against PJ Barch was absolutely phenomenal. Um, Lachlan Giles, as much as I love him, I don't think he's a factor um, no, in this division. I, I don't think so. Um, he's not He's not athletic enough. I no. Mean, he's extremely tricky, very smart grappler, but... 37. Yeah, he's older. He's not ahead of these guys technically. Um I mean, unless he comes in, you know, like he did last time with some position that people haven't seen before. But, uh, you know, that's 
that doesn't really it, happen. It would take a lot to develop. It would take a lot to I mean, develop something like that and pull it off. These guys yeah. like DJ Barge, perfect grappling for um, ADCC, who was yeah. beaten by Andy Varela. Um, I believe it was by decision. Um, you also have Dante Leone, great wrestler, entertaining guy, and of course, probably the most entertaining grappler um, in the tournament, Hanato Canuto. Uh, this is the tournament. You, uh, sorry, this is the uh, division you don't want to miss, but. I think all of us are in agreement. It's going to really come down um, to Mika Galbao versus JT Torres. Yeah. yeah. Uh, any thoughts on that matchup? Oh, man. I mean, I mean Galbao just has it's it's youth and momentum versus experience, right? So you never know how those matches are going to go down, especially how old is JT? Who's been relatively inactive. Um, how old is JT? He was born in... 33. Uh, yeah, 33. Just yeah, for, for a guy who's been competing at a high level since... Well, that's that's what yeah. it is, right? It's, it's the miles. Yeah, it's it's the miles on the him, age. yeah. But um, he hasn't really been competing. But but he doesn't see... Yeah, but like when he does... He also has a perfect game for ATC. He does. No, I mean, yeah. his game his game is very tailored to ATC. It's why he's had so much success there. Um, He's very likely also put a lot of effort into studying Mika. There's, uh, I can't JT, imagine that he hasn't been watching an ungodly amount of tape JT preparing for this. Andre Galvao, he is one of the more underrated IQ guys, especially for ADCC. Um, yeah. It's not only his game, but the way he puts it in. I mean, like Gary Tonin is, had some success against him, uh, but he pretty much just neutralized anything Gary could do in scrambles. Um, but I think this match, especially Mika versus JT is the match of the tournament, um, by far for me. Uh, and I think that you see anything derailing it though. No, I don't see anyone beating J I like if Cade beats him, uh, JT great, but I don't think Cade's match, uh, Cade's a great matchup for JT because Cade's not going to, JT's not going to get tired. And I don't think Cade has the wrestling, um, to take JT down. And I'm not a big believer in the Rutolo cards. <laughs> Um, I, a lot of their stuff comes from passing and stand up, um, yeah. and I don't think I just I don't think tactically JT is going to let them get to that uh, get him to those positions where he's dictating pace or JT's on the bottom. I don't, we've never seen JT in the bottom in the past two tournaments, um, and I think my my ideas with the Mika JT matches, it's kind of feels like John Jones versus Shogun a little bit where it's like. How good is Mika, and is it really possible that he's just going to come in and blow the doors off at ADCC? Um, but I also think I'm worried that he might believe in his guillotine a little too much, which he should believe in the guillotine, but I'm worried he might jump it against JT um, a little bit too early. And we've seen in this tournament, uh, this isn't a tournament where first-year guys win most of the time, or if it's your first experience. And I think JT's experience is really going to carry the day, but I think this is Mika's... Yeah. His, uh, division going forward and that and that's a good point you know adcc is such a unique tournament from the standpoint of the tactics that you need to be successful because they do have the the scoreless format they do have the the guard pulling penalty um you know it, it truly is a submission wrestling tournament not a not a nogi jiu-jitsu tournament and the guys who have been able to internalize that like J and jt is absolutely one of them um have have done very well. I mean, that's why you saw guys like AJ Agrizum, you know, make a run when 
from a jiu-jitsu standpoint, yeah, he was fine when he got a silver medal, but, you know, in the gi or even in a no-gi jiu-jitsu tournament, like, probably six or seven of the other guys in the division would fuck him up, but because he had the wrestling and he had the tactical awareness, he was able to to go a long way. So, yeah, I do think there's a, a lot of truth to that. Um, yeah, for me, this really comes down to whether or not JT is sharp coming off. Yes, he, he did just compete, um, and I need to go watch those matches, but, uh, you know, coming off a long layoff, um, opening his own school, having a lot of years under his belt at the top level. I mean, that really does wear on you. Is it going to be enough to where um, Mika's caught him, right? And can, can outwork him and catch him late, um, whether that's points or uh, or submission? Well, I don't know. To, it comes down to whether or not, like, if you think you, if you took JT Torres in his prime and put him against Mika now, would you pick Mika or JT? I think there's, the problem with this is I think there's way too many unknowns with Mika because that's fair. He, that's fair. He can compete and like he won his ADCC trials seven matches in a combined five minutes. Like the I'm only not, guy who's beat him is Tynan in in, no, in Gi. Um, I, you've seen him take down a huge Luke Bar, Lucas Barbosa and choke him out almost instantly. It's it's one of those things where I, I hate compare, compare it to MMA, but. I have a lot of picks for John Jones versus Shogun. It's like, this guy can't be this good immediately. And maybe he is. He's been the monster by now, so we've heard him coming for forever. Um, it's, I, it, you're, you're making me shaky a little bit here, but... <laughs> that's, that's the but thing. I'm saying, if you, if, you would pick, if you would pick JT, like, in his prime, three years ago. But I haven't seen Mika go through any adversary, adversity. Like, that's, I understand. I'm saying, if you would pick JT at that point then the only reason you would not pick jt is because you think he's declined physically okay and if there's no proof of that then i don't think you can really pick against him i so i i will i will i'm i'm picking i'm picking mika um i'm going with the momentum um you know could absolutely be wrong i think it's really a toss-up but competing is a skill and yes a guy like jt who's done it for so long doesn't doesn't need to compete all the time to stay sharp but pandemic is a long layoff and uh you know certainly as you age too those layoffs hurt you more and more um i, I it's just hard for me to bet against the the run that uh that meek is on so this is jay this 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 is this is the Dillashaw. This is Dillashaw Cruz. This is this bullshit with Dillashaw Cruz. No, 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 no. Cruz is coming back. Cruz is coming back and taking back his belt. That's I love you belt. choose. A, okay. I love you choose a fight that like arguably was a bad decision. <laughs> Listen, I didn't say Dietz Torres is gonna win, beat him. I said he's gonna win. <laughs> yeah, fair I'm enough. Pi I'm picking Mika Galval because I don't think anyone should win three times in a row at 77 except for Marcelo. Oh, no. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. And Fair enough. Moving on. The shark tank that is 88 kilograms. And this is the one where I think the uh, gyms really matter because we have three Autos competitors. Uh, but first, let's get to the champion because I know Ben's going to want, we're going to kill me if I don't mention him first. Mateus Denise fighting out of the Lions. Oh, uh, we got Mateus. 
Give me one. So let me go through the rest of the competitors. You can two talk. time. Let me say it again. Okay. Let me say it again. Two time ADCC champion. He's won once. We can talk about that later. Other important competitors. Giancarlo Bondoni um, fighting at a new age jiu-jitsu. Really impressive performance recently. J-Rod, Jacob Rodriguez. Um, younger brother of Nick Rodriguez, who came after three years of jiu-jitsu training, uh, but much more grappling, came out of nowhere, kind of, to win the 88 kilograms. Uh, Isaac Behinz had a honcho at DreamArt. Uh, Mason Fowler, dropping from 99, I think he's the dark horse, and I'll get into that. Zanji Hibero in his last ADCC tournament, the oldest competitor at 41. Wagner Hocha, the runner-up at 77, has been on fire lately um, at the IBGF circuit. Um, Izaki Mitchell, a uh, B-team representative, great wrestling and leg locks uh, for ADCC. Pedro Mourinho, the reigning double gold Nogi champion. And finally, the trio at Atos that, are having to, that all have to fight each other in the first round, uh, first and second round. Josh Hanger, the elder statesman. Lucas Barbosa, the absolute animal of 88. And Ty Rutolo, the best prospect in Nogi, aside from maybe... Mika Galbao. Now, Ben, I know you're going to cream yourself if I hold you any longer from talking about Mateus Denise. What makes him so good, and why are you going to felatiate him for the next week and a half? Um, so, he's known for his aggressive blitz passing style, right? That he is inhumanly tough. He is insanely aggressive. He will not stop coming, and his cardio is off the fucking charts, right? You can't stop him from coming forward unless you you beat him, basically. Um, here's the thing. He's been teaching a tremendous amount. He's essentially running, like, the main Marcelo program. Um, he has become so technical. It is incredible to watch him work against other black belts now. Because the way I used to look at him, it was like, it was always a fight. Everyone in the room, it was a fight, it was a fight, it was a fight. He's now teaching, and his he's got these incredibly well thought out systems. Oh, sorry. He has these incredibly well thought out systems to now that merge with this like blitz style passing. So it's not just he's trying to beat you, you beat your reactions and beat your ability to block him. He now has these whole branching like um, move sets essentially. To, to 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 that he can go step by step by step and I like use them now. They're they're it's it's incredible to see what he's done in his defense, his offense, it's all impeccable now. Um he's older, he's just he's un freakishly strong. Um man, I, I it I think this is gonna be like the best version of Mateus we've ever seen. It's absolutely wild and Man, I really do think we're going to get a two-time champ. I understand he hasn't competed, like, as he much. He has competed. He has competed. It hasn't. It's been mixed results. Okay, I understand that. But I think this is something else. So, since Ben is absolutely blinded by his love of Mateus as a human being, um, I'm going to give you guys some reasons why, technically, um, he probably will win. Uh, it will probably be my pick for 88. Um, number one, what Ben failed to mention about his uh, his um, his game is it's impossible to take him down. I don't think he's been taken down recently. Um, Josh Hinger is an accomplished wrestler, top tenets uh, in California when he was in high school. 
Uh, the last two times he did a flying armbar on him because he couldn't take him down and knocked himself out and then tried doing a flying scissor takedown because he couldn't move Mateus at all. Um, he's impossible to take down and freakishly strong for the division, as Ben mentioned. Uh, but once he's on top, he's not just blitz passing you. Um, nobody, I've not seen anyone be able to get under him at all. Um, he's very, very smart when it comes to the rule set and the Marcelo game, which is great, um, is great for that rule set. In addition, if you look at his past wins recently, Josh Hanger beat him twice in the beginning. He's beat him in two straight matchups pretty brutally. Uh, the famous match, Hulk Barbosa versus Mateus. Hulk was winning most of it until Mateus grabbed him and choked him out the bell with one arm. Um, if you look at the other guys in this weight class, um, Giancarlo Bardoni, I rate, but I don't think he's going to be great against Mateus. Um, I think J-Rod is woefully undersized for this division, uh, especially against Mateus. As much as I think his cardio might present a problem for Mateus, um, I don't think he has the technical depth or skill all around to do that. Um, something I want to talk about, uh, Fagner Hocha, as uh, much as I somewhat like his technical game, he is a 77er, and as much as he's bulking up, I don't see him um, going against all these guys who a lot of them have fight, fought at 99 in the past. Um, Pedro Mourinho is going to be a great matchup for Mateus. I think that is the hardest matchup Mateus is going to have in the tournament, and I hope to God they fight each other. Um, I do have a, some questions about Mateus, uh, sorry, Pedro's mindset after the Gordon match. Um, going mean, to that. It also, he'd be going up against Mateus, who already beat him, too. Yes. Um, but the piece so. I want to get into right now is the Autos. Yes. So... Hanger, Rotolo, and Barbosa. Who who do you think is going to come out of that? Uh, those three, Joya. So this I've actually been, this has been racking my brain for a little bit because I think Ty is the best of them, but I think he's also undersized for eighty eight. Um, he did do very well against Wagner um, and almost beat him after ADCC. Um, Josh Hanger is a very physical grappler, but he's also in his late thirties. There is also the idea that Josh Hanger has been Ty Rutolo's coach for the past eight years and would know something. Um, but as much as I like Josh, um, check out my article on him. Um, I don't see him moving past either Hulk or Ty. Um, I think Ty's pressure is going to melt him. Um, and I think Hulk is such a physical freak who is dropping from 99 and has run rough shot over Nogi. Um, Cyborg and him have had some wars. I mean, we've seen um, him versus uh, Hanger has been competitive in the past. I mean, I'm sorry, him versus um, what's his name? No, I'm blanking on this. Um, Hulk, Hulk is just, I think, such a huge and explosive athlete. I don't think Hanger really, I think Hanger is the one of the three I have the least confidence in. Rutola versus um, Hulk Barbosa, I think it's going to be absolutely crazy. Um, yeah, on one hand, I think Ty is a much better grappler, and I think his cardio might melt. Um, Barbosa, just because we've seen Hulk fade a little bit in the past. I mean, you watch the Gordon Ryan match. Hulk had good positions on him, but towards the end, Gordon just took absolutely over, and it looked like he was completely gassed. Now, I'm not sure if that was because of the 99 um, and all the um, acai that was taking place there, um, but we've seen him melt. But the other, on the other hand, Hulk is so goddamn big, and I'm worried he might just throw time in his head. Um, another thing to take uh, keep in mind is Hulk has been on MMA recently. He was supposed to have a fight at PFL a couple weeks ago, uh, and I'm not sure how well that went. Um, my heart says Ty, my brain says Hulk. Yeah, I tend to think that the final here, assuming the seating works out this way, will probably be Matias versus Hulk. Um, certainly Pedro Mourinho uh, could be, a, is, I mean, he's in that mix, right? Um, 
but his results have been very fairly up and down lately. Um, ADCC is not the right place to come if you're if you're in any kind of a bad mental uh, place um, from a competition standpoint, partially because it does require so much attention to the rules, so much game planning, being able to stick to a strategy. Um, uh, yeah, no, I mean, I think I think Hulk, I think Hulk probably comes out of the uh, well. I agree with you on Hinger. It's not going to be him. Yeah. And if it's either Hulk or Rotolo, whichever one of those guys comes out of, you know, that Atos melee uh, is who will end up fighting, um, competing against Denise in the final. And I think Matias does take it again. I think he'll win. So um, Ben is going to... You, you brought up Mason Fowler to me. Remember on a phone call? Randy, yeah. Oh. It's my take on Mason Fowler is this. Last ADCC, he almost beat Craig Jones and lost last second by a guillotine. Mason Fowler is the best wrestler in this division. Um, I'm going to say that definitively. He won Brasileros, one of the five Americans to do so. He is a perfect, I mean, perfect, perfect, perfect system for this tournament. I think Mateus is going to have a hell of a time taking him down. Um, I would bet Mason takes him down. Um, I think him, as much as I'm going to say I have confidence in Mason, I think it's going to be a hell of a match between him and uh, Mateus, and I think Mateus is, I'm worried about his competition um, in the past he's looked. Um, Gordon match, yeah, he didn't, like, it's Gordon. He also hasn't looked all that great recently. I mean, I can't really think of the last great result he's had. Um, I think he's even lost uh, a few matches recently. Um, and I, as much as you're saying how crazy is teaching, I am worried about the training partners in the room. I mean, he lost a heater. As much as I love heater, um, I don't think Heater is uh, a guy who's ready for ADCC. Um, Octavio Sosa, uh, he lost to recently. Jefferson Guarasi, uh, arguably beat him by decision. Um, and Jefferson weighs a lot less. Jefferson would be at 77 in this division, and he's small for, even for those standards. Um, I think Mason Fowler's competition, Mason won the 99 kilogram at the ADCC trial, beat Devontae Johnson wrestling. And Devontae's a hell of a lot bigger than Mateus. Um, I just think he's a perfect rule set. I think he is one of the best cardio aside from Ty in this division. Um, I think he's going to have one of the easier paths because he's from, um, he is from CTA. Um, you're going to have the Atos trilogy. I think they're all, no matter who comes out of that, that guy is going to be banged up and hurt. Um, as much as we've been saying we're writing off Josh, Josh is a horrible matchup for ADCC because he's just going to club your head for 20 minutes. It's going to be hard to, to be fair. To be fair, he could end up fighting two of the Autos guys anyway if he gets matched with one of them in the first round. And then he I, just fights the next one. Uh, I don't think they will because Mateus is going to get the lower seed, which is probably Bob DeFries. Um, and then Hinger and, uh, came in second and, uh, sorry, third last time. Lucas came in third and Ty came in third in other divisions. Um, the only one who might get, like, Pedro hasn't fought before at ADCC. Izaki hasn't. The only one who might, actually, yeah, no, those are the only guys. Um, Wagner might because he got a second, but um, I think those guys, I don't think Mason's going to match up with them. I think Mason's going to get a really high seed, and I think he's going to be the dark horse and the darling of the tournament. Um, I don't have any problem picking Mateus. Uh, Mateus. I think Mateus is going to be um, big, but I also think we are forgetting the fact that ADCC last time was the first tournament Mateus won at, at uh, black belt level. Um, and I think as much as he is great for that weight class, um, I don't think we're putting enough stock into the fact that 
that is the first. It's not like he's a dominant. He's been dominating everyone. It was just ADCC. So um, I think he's going to do great. I'm really looking forward to it. I wouldn't be surprised if he wins, but I'm taking Mason Fowler. All right. Bold. Yeah. If it pays off for you. It's a, it's it's fair, but it's yeah. it's definitely bold. I'm going to go for yeah. the same guys in each tournament. So. Yeah, sure. And uh, uh, at the end of the tournament, we can all uh, we can all pour one out for Shanji Hibero. Um, absolute legend uh, in his eighth ADCC, two-time champion. Um, you know, I uh, he's certainly not going to medal, but um, he's forty-two he, now, right? Forty-one, yeah, forty-one or forty-two. Yeah, he he he's a tough out for anybody, and his matches are always uh, entertaining. You have the iconic match against Rusam Chazaya, so uh, <laughs> Johnny Barrow, always a legend. Last ADCC, he's so sexy. Last yeah, ADC, you know, he came out, armbarred everyone from close guard. Shanji's such an interesting guy because you know his his career has overlapped with uh, with absolute legends of the sport like uh, you know most notably Hadra Gracie, um, but also people like Hadolfo and and Bocheca and um, so you know his uh, his results have sometimes been up and down. But the thing is, he he usually beat most of those guys at least a few times, and he picked up multiple world championships, ADCC championships. You know, I think the fact that We've we've seen him lose many times because he's had to fight. Ab, you know, he's competing against absolute legends of the sport for twenty years. Sometimes obscures exactly how good he is and how great his accomplishments really have been. I mean, on paper, he's an all-time great of the sport, and there's really no denying it. So, um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, seeing him compete one more time. Yeah, moving on to the ninety-nine division, where I start to hate this fucking tournament. Um, <laughs> I it's MMA. Like I don't give a shit about heavier guys, but notable people in this tournament. We have <laughs> Luke Griffith, who um, we're not probably not talk about him, but B team, 21 years old, came out of the gate, great back taker. Um, I think he's one of those dark, uh, dark, dark horses in this tournament. Um, Paul Aldela, who has uh, fought a couple times in ADCC before, Rafael Lovato Jr. coming back um, to ADCC, Kainen Duarte, the past plus 99 champion. One of the best grapplers in the world, but does have an Achilles heel. Um, Nicholas Marigali, three times at Nogi, um, going to try his hand at ADCC immediately. Patrick Gaudio, um, former medalist at ADCC, um, barely lost to Gordon Ryan before in the past by advantage. Elder Cruz, El Monstro, a uh, great wrestler um, out of, uh, I believe, CTA. Uh, Vinicius Gazzola, uh, Craig Jones, of course. The uh, enigmatic grappler out of the B team, Devontae Johnson, Unity standout, snapper of Ben's ACL, uh, and Kyle Bain. So I think all of us are pretty much in agreement or who is probably going to win this division. But his Achilles heel does make it interesting because it is ADCC and we have seen him falter due to leg locks. And there are a lot of leg locks in the division. Um, how do you see this going? Yeah, this is a bit of a hard division to uh, to predict because, you know, one of the bigger names in here, Marigali, is almost exclusively a geek guy, historically. And I just have no idea what he's going to do. I mean, in terms of overall grappling acumen, I think he's at least as good. He may be the best person in the division. He, um, had, he did dominate Lovato in their last match, which was, I think, two months ago. Yes, I don't so have I, I don't think that's a great 
look, Lovato, again, another guy, legend, been competing forever. But with his focus um, for many years, obviously not now, unfortunately, because of his medical conditions, but with his, his focus for many years being on MMA um, at his age, good name to have on your resume doesn't tell me much at this point in time. Um, you know, I think this this could either be a coming out party for Marigali or it could be a fairly harsh lesson in the differences between Gi and no Gi uh, at the very top level. Um, so I am extremely interested to see what happens there. Um, you know, this is a probably going matched up with Craig Jones immediately. Yeah, he probably will. Um, this is a division two where wrestling really, well, I mean, look, it matters in every division, but there are some good wrestlers here, right? Like Kanan's a good wrestler. Yuri is a really good wrestler. Um, is that something Marigali is really going to be prepared and, and ready for? Um, I don't know. We'll just have to see. Um, but no, I mean, for me, I, I got to pick Kanan in, in this division. Um, yes, he certainly could get heel hooked. You know, uh, a Craig Jones Kanan match would be really interesting. Um, Jones is also Jones is also looking very large. He put on some size. I yeah. don't. My hot take: I don't think Jones makes it out of the third round. Really? Um, I've not been really a fan of his grappling lately. Um, Pedro Mourinho absolutely dominated him and passed his guard instantly. Um, Craig Jones's style also is not a tournament style. It is a super fight style. Um, and I think his, as much as teaching, I think helps um, your jiu-jitsu. I think being the coach of a high-level um, high, uh, competitive team absolutely takes away from your ability to improve because you're thinking about so much. Um, I think his last ADCC was the best performance he's had, but I don't trust him as a... Um, a competition athlete, um, especially with a larger weight class. Uh, I don't think his, especially in weight class like this where wrestling really matters. Um, I'm worried about that. And I think, listen, I think you have to pick Kynan. And most of the time I would say worried, like I wouldn't be worried about the leg locks. He did get healed by Tim fucking Spriggs. <laughs> like who wasn't training and is retired. Yeah. Well, and I, I actually I actually agree with you on Jones. Um, I think the Kanan matchup is interesting because of the the heel hook dynamic. But if that match I, I don't think that Jones has the game to really We've make seen a run that at this at this level. Um, at this weight class, I should say. We've seen them face off at Kasai and uh Kanan took his back in like two minutes. Um yeah. So I listen. Everyone else has wins over pretty much everyone in the division too. Who who's in the division that he's faced? I agree, but uh, I I just don't like him from a competition standpoint. Yeah, and, and I, I think I, I think this is the same Craig Jones that we've seen before. Yeah, I mean, unless Jones has secret wrestling, which I don't think is true. Um, you you nailed it when you said he has a super fight style, and more specifically, he has a submission only super fight style, right? So. That just doesn't really fly at, at ADCC. I mean, yeah. you saw that, you know, going back to like Gary Tonin, you know, very similar thing, uh, though he's a better wrestler than Jones. Um, you know, having that incredibly submission-oriented style, kind of all or nothing, that just does not really work uh, yeah. at ADCC in the long term. And like, I, I can't see him taking down Devontae Johnson. Uh, Benicio oh, no. Cazola, no. it be, came in second place last time. Uh, for those who don't know him, he's called Tractor because he's about 5'9", and nobody can get under him. Yeah. Um, I think I, I think it's going to be a rough tournament for Craig. Um, I think Kynan's got to be the favorite, but I think this is also... 
I, I, I don't trust Kynan in the absolute much more than I don't trust him at 99. Um, yeah. um, but no, I mean, the the point about Grant Jones is pretty salient. I mean, you're right. He's built for a super fight style, specifically submission only. It's not going to work as well. Um, however, again, he can catch pretty much anybody. Um, I think Duarte is the favorite for a reason. He's already got the um, prior victory. And again, every when you scroll through it, um, who's in the actual tournament, he's beaten Trattoir multiple times. Um, he's beaten Mergali. He's also lost Mergali, but he's beaten Mergali. I, I, I mean, he's beat Yuri. True. Um, and I mean, he's, you've got to go for him. You've got to go with him. Uh, Devante, I know, is really good, but he's also kind of like, been, I, I don't think he's going to go too far with this kind of lineup, depending, especially if he's not matched up well. Okay, so that's for. I'm still salty about my ACL, so I'm not picking. What What do you guys do? You guys have any uh, have any confidence in Yuri Samosh? Do you think no. there's any chance he does anything? Just he tore, he tore his ACL last time. He's looked terrible in his last couple matches. He's done. Uh, he's focused on MMA. As much as I love Yuri, no, zero. Yeah, you yeah, just moved to MMA, no. Yeah, you got start. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I don't he, think he's, he's really the last ADCC has lost to some guys who are not that good compared to where his level was in the past recently. Well, he went. He so he went on a pretty bad run in 2020 in the first part of 2021, but um, in the latter part of 2021, he's on a, he's he beat a good Devante. run now. He beat yeah, Devonte he beat, recently. He beat Devonte. Yeah. He beat Muhammad Allah, uh, Ali. Actually, his most recent matches, he beat Patrick Gaudio. Um, Gaudio. So. You know, I, I don't know. It was, also, it was also in 2021, though. It was. It's This is almost certainly just me really liking Yuri and liking his game and hoping he does well. But, yeah, realistically, he's uh, he's gonna get, probably not going to do a whole lot. Yeah. And now moving on to nine, plus 99, um, I think there's only one thing to talk about in this division. Um, I only see Felipe Pena having anything for Gordon Ryan. Um, and we've seen the last match. I think I have a lot more confidence in Penna than most people do, but I'm still going to pick Gordon. Um, speaking of that last match, I don't think that really has any say over um, the ADCC match that they're going to have, just because it's a completely different rule set. And uh, as much as Gordon wants to say he was trying 40%, 50%, uh, it's fucking bullshit. Um, he's he's going to have a tough time with Felipe. I think Gordon's wrestling and size might be the end of it. Um, but what do you guys think about uh, plus 99 uh, and that matchup specifically? So, I don't think you can pick against Gordon. Like no, I think it's okay. going to be hard for Pena. I actually think the the only kind of dark horse to give Gordon any trouble is actually Vinny. Because I think Vinny has... His game is very deep defensively, and he's had success in the past against Gordon. Um I'm not saying it's going to happen. I mean, I, you, yeah. you'd be a fool nope. not, not to pick Gordon. Um, but I think in terms of who has a game that could give him trouble and who has a mindset, frankly, that could give him trouble and who's not going to give a fuck that he's, you know, Gordon Ryan, you know, conqueror of worlds and just go out there and, and put it on him. Um, Vinny's the guy. Yeah. So any faith in Orlando Sanchez being too fat for Gordon? <laughs> <laughs> you know, Sanchez... The thing about Sanchez is he doesn't give a fuck if his matches are 
awful. And he's willing to make the match as god-awful as it has to be for him to win. And a guy like that is always, always hard to compete against. Um, you know, is Gordon gonna have a mental breakdown because Orlando Sanchez just stands there and does nothing? It just is a fuck is a fat fuck and doesn't do anything. Um, no, probably not. But it, it these are long matches. And a guy with just an incredibly negative style like Sanchez, especially when you have the ego of a guy like Gordon, I mean, that's that's hard sometimes to to deal with and compete against. It's like, this guy's just not going to do anything, but he's also not going to let you do anything. How do you handle that? So um, do I think Sanchez is really going to do much? Nah. But I do think that there's an outside chance that uh, – the incredible negativity of his style uh, <laughs> is just, you know, frustrates Gordon into doing something stupid. And I mean, Sanchez won ADCC doing that, right? So, you know, it's um, it's not as if he doesn't know how to take advantage of uh, those holes that uh, that people give him, right? Those opportunities that people give him when um, they do get frustrated and, and make stupid mistakes. Um, I think the more important question, I, I think the more interesting question is, do you think doing 90 plus 99 is going to have a significant effect on the super fight Gordon has with Galbao? No, I don't. Yeah, I hate this. I hate I hate this division right now. Like I, I just yeah. I, I hate I hate everything that it, it's just not going to be interesting. Um, but moving on, um, do you have any picks for the absolute? Because it, it, it's always hard to pick because you have no idea who's going to do it. Um, I, like, I'm sure Kynan's going to do it just because I think the story ADCC is going to do is if um, Gordon beats Galvao, you have an Atos guy about to go fight Gordon to redeem him. But I, I, it's just there's so many talented guys. Like, I think Pedro could make noise. It's not like you have a guy like Puchetsu who's going to be so much bigger than everyone else. Yeah. Uh, the heavyweight division, uh, like Victor Hugo is huge, um, but I'm not sure how good he is. Uh, I don't think Lachlan's going to do anything. In the, I think they're going to have Lachlan do the absolute, and I think they're going to match him against a big heavy who's got leg lock issues, and I think he'll win a match. But, I mean, the the super fight, I think, overshadows everything, and the participants in there, so I think we should move on. Um, do you guys want to touch on what Andre Galbao has made to, uh, meant to ADCC um, first and why he's so great in that rule set? Yeah, I mean, Galvao's been there almost every step of the way. I mean, he's an institution at ADCC, um, both from a division-winning standpoint and and really he's been, I think, probably the most legendary super fight um, participant. Uh, you know, he's had some real scraps with Braulio, I want to say Jacare back in the day. Um, so certainly, uh, uh, you know, his his exploits there in that, uh, in that rural set are, are legendary. In terms of why he's so good for it, you know, first of all, Galvao's a very legit wrestler. Uh, he probably doesn't get enough credit for that, um, but both offensively and defensively, he's he's quite a potent wrestler. Um, maybe harkening back to when he was pursuing MMA and and was really working hard, even though he was did not not necessarily get all the takedowns that he he could use in MMA. But um, you know, he, he's a, he's a pretty legit wrestler, and I think in the super fight format, especially, 
his age is less of an issue and the breadth of experience that he has um, really comes to the fore. You know, his game is so incredibly sound. Um, even when he's competed in the absolutes, gi and no gi in the past, you never see him get run over. I've never seen anybody steamroll Andre Gobao. Um, he's just such a solid, solid grappler, so defensively sound. Um, you know, very unassuming guard, but one that's uh, based a lot on coming up uh, into wrestling exchanges that works really well under the ADCC rule set. Um, nah, he, you know, he's just, he, you're not going to surprise him. You're not going to fluster him. Um, maybe at this age, you could potentially outwork him, but I think even there, that's probably unlikely in a single match. Um, it, it's going to be a tough one. Uh, I don't know that Gordon submits him. I think Gordon will win. Um, but I don't know that he finishes them. Yeah, um, I think everyone's pretty. It, it's funny with the super fight. It's the dynamic is pretty laid out, especially for this one. Um, there is a path for Galvao to win, which um, is actually kind of odd for the last uh, bunch of Gordon Ryan fights, since he only does his handpicked super fights. In the rule set and manner in which he wants, which is a topic for another day, um, there is a path for him to win, um, which is basically if Andre keeps it on the feet, wrestles him, late, late takedown. Um, everyone is kind of dismissing Andre's ability to stay on top of Gordon. Um, do you agree with that sentiment? If uh, it goes to the ground? Um. I don't know that Gordon's a shoe in to, to sweep him or get on top of him. Um, I mean, Gavao's top game has always been super legit. Uh, I can't think of any instances offhand. Now, this might just be the rule sets he competes under, but I can't really think of any instances offhand where he's gotten quickly swept or gotten into leg entanglements that forced him to... In to the continue. Pena match, in the Pena match, he got into some... Mildly hairy situations, a little bit too carelessly, I felt like. But so yeah. did Gordon against, like, Gordon did struggle with Pena's guard a little bit. Um, and I know that doesn't really, like, I think that's more of a... a I don't great, know how much that translates to Gordon's guard versus the Galvao's I, I, I agree, but I think that's, I, I think it's I not... I think he'll be, yeah. he'll, he'll mind his P's and Q's a lot more with Gordon, for sure. Um, but will that also make him a little too cautious? No, because I think he's just going to try to wrestle... Like, I think watching the Pena fight, again, um, I think the physicality of Andre is, as much as people are saying it's a thing, I think it's a lot bigger than people are saying. He threw, like... You think he's, you think he's going to come in enormous? Like, like enormous, enormous? I, 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 I'm not even talking about that with this enormity. I'm just saying the wrestling of Andre, I, I don't think it's the, the... It's not the shots or the, the finishes on the takedowns that make it so debilitating to go against. It's how he structures them in the course of the match. Um, you saw it a lot with Penn was It wasn't he was just going for takedowns immediately. He was he was doing different types of takedowns, all with either collar ties. Um, so I think it was a couple blast doubles. It's all His entire game is meant to wear you down on the feet so that when he finally takes that shot, you don't have the ability to fight back and get up. And... As much as Gordon wants to say, he's a great wrestler. Um, and he does have some great wrestling. I mean, we've seen against uh, Pedro Mourinho, um, where he was able to take him down. I don't know if Gordon's really prepared to go against that physicality. 
Um, I know we've talked about it before um, where I said, uh, I forget who it was about, but I think it was Mika. We haven't seen him deal with adversity. We haven't really seen Gordon deal with that type of adversity. And this isn't Pedro Mourinho. This is Andre Galvao, who steamrolled guys like Roberto Cyborg, Braulio Estima. Um, and I'm really, really interested to see how Gordon deals with that physicality. Uh, because Gordon's been taken down. Uh, the thing is, in ADC, he's gone back up real quick. I don't know if he's going to be able to do that after Galvao punches his head through his chest eight times. Yeah, and, you know, one underrated thing here, and I don't – it's really hard to know what this looks like given that Galvao's uh, older. Um, let's see. He is – Anything on his Instagram or something like, something like that. Val is also, I think that we haven't talked about it. He is the best tactician in the sport. Even John Danher said that. There is no match for Andre Galval. There's a reason why he has coached the most ADCC champions. There's a reason he's won the super fight four times where he has been, the, he, like, he's been dominant in most in the tournaments. The reason I think he wins the super fight so dominantly, I mean, he was the first one to submit somebody in the super fight. Uh, he beat Kalasans, I think, by 15, 16 points. Cyborg was, it was, when have we seen Cyborg just absolutely run over like that? Yeah. If you so, give Galvao time to come up with a game plan, it's going to be good. So I will say Galvao is 40. So you can take what I'm about to say with a grain of salt because I have no idea how, like, what state he's in from, from an athleticism standpoint. So I've actually rolled with both Andre Galvao and Gordon Ryan. Uh, oh, shit. And, uh, yeah. I have never so Gordon was now I will say like both roles very friendly they were at seminars so again not trying to say it was competitive or I got a full sense of either guy's competitive level from from ruling with them but you know I I was I think I was a purple belt like a four star purple belt when I rolled with Galvao and I was a I had been a brown belt for several years when I rolled with Gordon um you know Gordon was a good athlete like you can feel it when you roll with somebody, like what their athletic level is, and and he was a he was a good athlete. He was obviously being cool because it was it was a seminar. It's actually he actually gives a great seminar for what that's worth. Both men do, um, but you know when he'd move, like he's quick and he's precise, but it's not like mind blowing athleticism. It's certainly not a guy that you'd think like, hey, you know, you should be doing some other sport because you're such an athlete. Um. I have never in my life rolled with somebody as athletic as Andre Galvao. That the man moved like a ghost. He was just, just instantly moved. Um, his balance was otherworldly. Um, it, it was it was honestly uh, it was unbelievable. Like rolling with Gordon was like rolling with a really good black belt who knew a bunch of shit that I didn't, and you know, kind of played with me for a while, and then heel hooked me. Like rolling with Galvao was like rolling with like a non like an inhuman. Um, he was just so so far ahead, um, and that level of athleticism is so rare. I mean, it's rare in jujitsu, but it's especially rare in jujitsu at the high weight classes. Um, I don't know if his age has taken much off of that. Um, he obviously stays in phenomenal shape and, you know, he's, he's obviously like essentially every top jujitsu athlete, um, using whatever drugs he needs to, to help keep himself there. And I don't say that in a disparaging way, cause I don't give a shit. Uh, I was using. Yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah. <laughs> frankly, <laughs> um, so, uh, you know, it's, um, I, I don't know if he's fallen off that much, but 
um, you know, that level of athleticism, that level of physicality, as you're talking about, you're absolutely right. He loves to rough people up. Gordon has fairly decent wrestling, but a lot of it revolves around snap downs, messing with guys' heads, you know, trying to get them down into front headlocks and playing off of that. Um, it's going to be real hard to bother Andre Galvao with a snap down. Yeah, he is shorter than Gordon, and that might play into it a bit, but you know, he also doesn't really have a neck, Jen. He doesn't, man. Like you're not, you're not gonna move him. Um, I actually, so funny story. So when I went to a seminar with Galvao, um, I walked into the locker room to change, and I walk in, and there's, and th- so this was probably this was several years ago when Galvao was like coming up from middleweight when he used to compete as a middleweight, coming up to to heavyweight, so really bulking a lot. Um, and I'd always thought of him as like a super in shape guy, thick guy, but not like a huge guy. And I walked into the locker room and there was a dude with his back to me and like nine feet wide, just nothing but muscle. And I'm like, who the fuck is that? I figured it was like a local <laughs> MMA fighter, like, you know, some heavyweight MMA fighter. And the guy pulls on his gi and like, as he pulls on his gi, it was like he shrunk because, you know, you couldn't see these lats flaring out, you know, like a fucking cobra. And he turns around and it's Galvao. I was like, hey, man, like really looking forward to the seminar. I, I was unprepared for how enormous he was. The man is, he, he's hes just, he, you know, he's built like an IBJ, like an IBF pro bodybuilder, um, IBBF, thanks, uh, bodybuilder. Like it's, it's ridiculous the physicality of this man. So um, I, I really am curious. I can't wait to see what happens when Gordon tries to rough him up and Galvao just doesn't give a fuck and just pushes him and, you know, he flies back two feet. So Gordon would have a bully mentality as well. Like if he's getting pushed around, it's his confidence could just completely go. It could. And even if, I mean, Gordon's a very powerful man. He's obviously bulked up a lot, but the thing is, even if he's able to move Galvao around a lot, like Galvao's composure is legendary like he's not gonna give a fuck no he's it's not and he's faced big dudes yeah oh yeah no he's competed against yeah. big guys much bigger than him without backing yeah. down or giving an inch so one of my favorite matches and, and, is again him, him and buchecha from 2013 uh pan final absolute and he just goes after him the whole time and that's just how he is so i think one of the biggest questions um i think the biggest question i have about this match um who do you think controls the pace because I think it's Andre. Uh, it's, yeah, it's Andre. Because Gor- I don't think Gordon's going to. I don't think Gordon's going to really try to enforce anything. I don't think he can. Especially not early. I- I'm saying I don't even think he's going to try. At least not early. He might. He might. Um, I think if if Galvao pushes him early and makes him really uncomfortable, he'll do a big push. Um, not necessarily as a bluff, but maybe a little bit as a bluff. Like, dude, you got to back off. But. I, I think it's going to be Andre for sure early on. Yeah, I think Andre will set the pace, and I think he'll set a relatively slow pace. Um, and at least early on, I think he'll mostly focus on neutralizing what Gordon does. And then over over time, as the match goes on, he'll start pushing him more and more, um, looking for that opening. And uh, I think it's – I don't know if he'll find it or not. You know, I, I'm still picking Gordon, mostly, again, because of um, – because of age and because of the form Gordon's shown, shown lately. But I do think that for Gordon to get something going in this match, he's probably going to have to play off something Galvao does. I think it'll be very hard for him to force the openings. 
Yeah, I don't think he's going to try and wrestle, um, no. offensively wrestle Gabao. So, and if I'm not mistaken, like in the Pena match, it took Gabao like, what, like four minutes before he shot? Yeah. The first shot. So he's going to burn up that clock. He's perfectly fine doing that and just wear it, like you said, wearing down uh, Gordon on the feet. So I think Gordon will try to wrestle him, but I don't think he'll shoot on him. I think Gordon will do a go upper body a lot. And I think that he'll he'll try oh, sure. very, very aggressively for that front headlock. And actually, um, I think there's a good chance that he tries pretty aggressively for um, for strong underhooks. Um, if he gets a good underhook, then he might he might shoot. But I think that's where the height the height's going to make a big yeah. difference there because he's going to be able to elevate him. Yeah, I think that would be a pretty safe shot, though, you know, like a snatch single or something. I don't think you'll see a really committed shot from Gordon. No, that's what I mean. Yeah. I, I, he'll, he'll he'll do stuff that's obviously not going to allow him to just get taken down. But um, I, I I was saying, like, more like really push for, like, to, I guess, dominate him on the feet. Yeah. That would be interesting, though. That would be interesting. It would be. I would be very surprised, but it would be something that Andre probably hadn't prepared for. Yeah, I don't know. Super uh, aggressive, heavy wrestling, like just I don't, going I don't for it. I, Gordon, I don't think can do that though. I don't. That's not. Oh no. He, also, I don't think he would re- react well if it didn't work. Yeah. yeah, I agree. No, I mean, look, Gordon's big thing is controlling where the match takes place. Um, he's always trying to do that even though he probably could survive if he shot on Galvao and had to, you know, end up pulling half guard, that's not the match he wants. So I, I don't think he'll take that chance. I don't think he's going to, he's going to sell out. Um, you know, in many ways, Ryan's often a, a very careful competitor um, and really picks his spots. Uh, that gets lost because so often he's competing against people he can just kind of play with. Um, but against people he's actually worried about, I, th- I do think he tends to be, more careful in how he sets up engagements. Yeah. Um, so that's for the men of ADCC. Um, not to be a misogynist, but I'll just go over the women's division quickly because uh, Tommy and Ben both have responsibilities and I need to check on my sister it's because really late. <laughs> uh, Northeastern is under attack. Um, but in the women's division, um, I think my, you have Bianca Basilio at minus 60. Uh, that division is absolutely fire. Uh, Bianca Basilio, Maisa Bastos, who I think is the best grappler um, in female division, three-time uh, world champion. He, she might be a tad undersized, but because she's unity, I'm picking her. Um, of course, Brianna St. Marie, um, Theon Davis is going to be there. Uh, and the plus 60, you have Gabby Garcia, who's won most, I think, almost all the ACCs at that weight class, but she's faltered a bit. I mean, Amy, uh, Amy Camp almost beat her. Uh, Elizabeth Clay is always um, dangerous, but I think it comes down to Kendall Rusling, the phenomenal women's wrestler out of Gracie Baja and uh, Rafael Geddes. Um, but those divisions are going to be really fun. Uh, I promise you, I, we will talk about those divisions in depth on the recap, but uh, we're getting a little late and we just wanted to end this. Um, an absolute tragedy took place um, a month ago, I'm sure as many of you guys know, um, the passing of Leandro Lowe. Um, I don't want to talk too much about it just because I think we should save that for some people um, who really know the man personally. Um, and hopefully um, w- once everyone um, can process it a little more, maybe I can get a few guys on the podcast um, to discuss him. But um, I just want to talk. Tommy, I want just you to talk a little bit more about his legacy. Um, 
I, I've met him a few times. Um, I had the absolute pleasure of drilling with him. Um, he grabbed me out of nowhere accidentally because I was late. Um, but you could just tell the way he was doing jujitsu is phenomenal. Um, I've never felt anything like that. But uh, that, that's not even really what's important to me. It's just the smile you saw when everyone was around him. Um, Murillo, uh, I've never seen him as happy as when Leandro came to the gym. Um, the energy, I mean, there's, you can see there's a clip on flow grappling of uh, him, Levi, uh, Jones Leary, and Fabio Canella, Masters competitors, dancing during class together. Um, there were a lot of videos coming from the Unity guys and the competitors of just Leandro being himself, and he's always dancing. He's the most positive guy in jiu-jitsu. I think the most impressive thing you can say about Leandro isn't his accomplishments, his... Um, his um uh his uh just his innovation of technique for the fact that every single great competitor absolutely beloved him how many times did he fight buchecha felipe pena and they were his best friends um the man was absolutely beloved an icon of our sport i would say the all-time great um and it's an absolute tragedy what happened yeah it's um I, I mean, it was it was utterly shocking uh, to get that news, you know. Um, yeah, you know, I, I was competing really heavily when Lowe first hit the scene, and he really took off like a rocket, right? Like Cicero Costa was not a thing um, before Lowe hit the scene, and he was one of these very classic kind of um you know rags to riches jiu-jitsu stories favela kid um who got involved in jiu-jitsu and really saved himself from the streets and um and turned out to be incredibly talented at it and you know he had a he had a style that was so dynamic um you know his innovations in passing you know the the way he he just shut down the daily heba guard has become a blueprint for essentially everybody um you know the way he would float into his passes get that strong cross collar, cross collar grip and then float into that knee slide and just give zero fucks about what the guy you know his opponent was doing to his legs because he was posting um with the other hand and and getting by you know getting to the back finishing guys um and it was really revelatory, I think, for uh, for a lot of us that you could play this kind of dynamic game and have that much success. And I mean, I remember his early battles against like Michael Longi, um, probably his first great rival when he was, you know, much smaller, uh, <laughs> you know, as a lightweight, and then um, going up through the ranks and, and competing against just absolute legends of the sport every tournament and usually winning, right? Like, um, I mean, you could easily make a case for Leandro Lowe as the greatest jiu-jitsu competitor of all time, certainly in the gi. Um, you know, I think the the movement through weight classes that he accomplished and having success as he, you know, filled out and grew and, and got larger, I mean, that's just unprecedented. We've never seen anything like it. You know, almost everybody else who's had sustained runs of dominance has done it in a single weight class over many years. And that, that was not low, right? He just kept getting bigger and he just kept winning. Um, but like you said, Matt, you know, I think the other thing that was uh, was always really notable about Lowe was just his his love of jujitsu that was so obvious whenever you'd see him compete. Um, you know, some of the 
earliest videos that I saw on low were of him training uh, back at Cicero Costas. And, and he would talk about their training and just be, they do a nine minute round and a one minute break. And they just do that for hours. And they'd show him at the end of these practices, just like, you know, just rolling with people, just a huge smile on his face after just training his ass off for two hours and then going out in the yard and like lifting literal stone weights, you know, for training. Cause that's what they had. Um, and uh, but he yeah he just he just loved it so much he had such a hunger uh, for jujitsu and such a love of it, um, uh, yeah it's 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 awful I mean it's just a it's it's awful the circumstances under which it are ha it happened uh, were awful and I think to your other point about uh, how beloved he was when you see the tributes that poured in from just everybody from every team. Um, you know, and not just tributes to how great an athlete he was, but how much people loved him, right? And how much they enjoyed competing against him and hanging out with him. You know, you saw Buchech almost breaking down in tears right. doing the the low celebration after he uh, he won uh, his MMA fight at one following uh, following Leandro's death. Um, yeah, just just an absolute tragedy, and uh, you know, uh, just a, a sad a sad end for one of. Uh, the consensus all-time greatest competitors uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu has seen or will see. Yeah. Uh, as someone who's uh, seen a lot of the people who are really close to Leandro, um, how they've been going through it and how that's affected them. Um, if it wasn't for Leandro, I wouldn't have some of my best friends, um, people who really care about me in the world. Um, one of his black belts, Babylonia, uh, is one of my dearest friends best guys in jiu-jitsu if you're ever in new york city you have to visit him uh, i think he's the best coach at unity which is saying a lot um and and it's just seeing how how much love he received and how much he affected other people uh absolutely has affected um a lot of people um and to just say how great of a person he is um after his death they started the institute for leandro low to help um, children in the favela and Brazil um, have the opportunity through jiu-jitsu. So uh, Marillo has been doing seminars promoting that. Um, Hider Zucci, who is, his, uh, who is his main training partner, his best friend, uh, he's coming up the ranks as a black belt now, um, absolutely devastated for him. They were everywhere together, um, has been doing seminars. Um, if you'd like to donate, it's the Instituto of Leandro Lowe. I know I might have butchered that, uh, but it's really easy to find. Uh, on Instagram um, to continue his legacy. Um, I know portraits are being commissioned for various gyms um, of Leandro. Uh, we have two pictures of Leandro hanging up in our uh, in our gym, and it's just every time I look at it, I still can't believe um, what happened. But um, keep him in memories. Um, if you want to celebrate Low, his favorite song was uh, "True to Myself" by Bob Marley. Um, so if you guys are rolling and you want to um, celebrate his life, that's a great way to do it. But um, sorry to end on such a sad note, but uh, we're really looking forward to ADCC. I know Tommy is really excited to have to babysit me for three straight days in Las Vegas. Um, Dan Tom probably will see him. Um, but for everyone at Sayos, thank you guys for listening. Um, we really need to get this out before Friday. Um, <laughs> If you guys I'll want, edit it. I'll so, edit it. If you want to see some of the best competitors, I know Jefferson Guarasi, who should have been invited to ADCC. Uh, Mojo asked him we got beef because of that. Uh, you don't invite the Nogi World Champion, the guy who came in second place in the South America Trials last time. He couldn't go back because of his visa. 
he's going to be at the ADCC Open, which is a great tournament on the flow. Winner of the Open gets $5,000, which is a huge prize in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. I know Junior Ocasio is going to be there, Sebastian Rodriguez. Um, tune in for that. ADCC is the best show in grappling. It is the reason I fell in love with Jiu-Jitsu. Um, even though I trained before, that was really the event that made me really fall in love. Um, make sure you guys catch it because you're not going to see it for another two years. Um, and it's the best. It's the best. Um, but Reverend Atseos, uh, thank you guys all for listening. We really appreciate it. Um, and we'll be back with an ADCC recap. Oh, oh.